2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
3: Welcome back to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Might like to take you along with Charlie Long at 540. Steve Geller will join us for our triple option. I want to tell everybody a little after 420 today. We'll have on with us Scott Sanders, former Major League Baseball pitcher, uh, dad of Cam Sanders, and uh, covering the LSU Tigers. He'll be on with us to tell us uh, about the games this weekend, and uh, it was a final LSU four to three over Central Arkansas. And we'll have a lot more details when we get to talk to Scott about it. But LSU four to three over Central Arkansas. Let's go to our Oakland talking text lines. Go to James. James in the huddle with Mike and Charlie.
4: Hey guys, I missed it, the tail end of it. You guys got Kyle Mosley on. i was I try to follow him on Twitter, but uh did he mention did he mention Trey Trey Benson? I know you were talking running backs when I kind of picked up the line. no, he he didn't did mention, he
3: mention trey, but I'll tell you, um I think there'll only be one running back picked in the top sixty. I think Trey Benson goes real early in round three, man, I like the way Trey runs. He's a violent runner. Uh, but he's got some giddy-up in the step. <laughs> now He's got a little extra move with him that he can make you miss and break out into the open field. I think you'll see a big run on running backs in the third and fourth round, but I think there will only be one picked in the top 60 and none in round one.
4: So, so Mike, I think the sad part about it is we keep losing these, uh, these last couple of seasons, and we lose during the regular season, but we actually lose – in the beginning of the off season. That's when you off lose it. Off season. James,
3: I'm yeah, just telling you, know, you. You, know, you, you don't win the off season? W- why is Detroit relevant today? What do they what are they Slam doing now? Draft. What did Kansas City yeah, do it, the last it. couple years? Slam dunk drafts. They winning the offseason and that's translating into the regular season.
4: So 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 guys, I didn't know this until earlier today. You know when Atlanta traded Ridley if they resign, if 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 Jacksonville decides yeah to yep. pick up his contract, they get a second round pick.
2: Right, they ain't resigning him. No, they're not. It really was not nearly good enough. And he like we we had actually talked about that trade when it happened, Mike. I remember you know the Josh Allen when they went out and got Stephon Diggs, he made the jump. Right, you, you go out and get AJ Brown for Jalen Hurts, and he makes a jump. Getting like these 2 with Tyreek Hill, for instance, you get these young quarterbacks, a really solid receiver, and they take a jump. It didn't really happen in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence and, and Calvin Ridley. They just didn't really work out that well. Both were disappointing. Yeah, for sure. I'll be honest with you. So, man, there's no way Jacksonville's going to
3: do that and then have to give really a big contract? James, I'd be surprised, really would be, if they did it and did have Not have to give up a third, second. Mike?
4: But but Mike, Mike and Charlie, they still give up. They still get a third, regardless. I mean, you know, they, they they get a third, whether he whether they sign him or not. I mean, if they sign him, which you you say they won't, I, I agree with you guys. They probably won't. They'll get a second, but nevertheless, they'll get a third round pick. We don't even have a third. I mean, we we. I no, mean, you, we there's we a need huge gap,
2: well, James. We've talked about it. There's a yeah. from the Denver Broncos second round pick. You have to wait all the way until the fifth round until you pick again.
3: Now you have some compensatory. Yeah, but some of those
2: comp picks are projected to be in the fifth round.
3: Yeah, and so, man, that's a long run. This team needs to get younger and more talented. And and now you you void of some of the what I call the heartbeat picks, you know, third, fourth rounds. Those are the heartbeat-type selections of your football team. And they don't have it unless they make a move to get back in it. How about Mike Thomas? No, Michael Michael Thomas is not coming back on this team. No, he, no, he'll, no, no,
4: no, no. No, I, no, I get that, but what, I read an article today. that said it was a potential trade with the Cowboys or something. The Cowboys are interested in him, but we still have the rights to Michael Thomas. Is, nah, is that nah, right?
3: M- my, Mike, Mike, Mike's headed elsewhere. Uh, you know, he's gonna sign somewhere else. Saints gonna cut him loose.
4: So we okay? Yeah. So yeah, okay, but uh, yeah, I, mean, because, I, I don't want it. I, I never really wanted it back to begin okay, with. Okay, here's is, here's the deal.
3: The asset. Whatever you're gonna do with Mike. You know, Mike's not going to come cheap. He gave the Saints a, a a sort of a discount deal this past year. He's not going to do that again. Mike's not going to do that again. He's going to want to get
4: paid. Right. Yeah, I don't want him back. I, I was just referencing his name as a as a trade option because we, did, we do need to – and he wouldn't even – really, he wouldn't what, – what would we get from him if they were to trade like a fifth round, another fifth round, or sixth round or something like that? Yeah, it would be a late-round pick, pick at
3: best. I mean – and I'm I'm talking about at best. The guy with the most value – Marshawn It would be Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, now, I hate to trade away a talented player. I hate that. But if the deal was right, you got to think about it. Camara, you wouldn't, you're not going to get much in return. Uh, in today's market for a running back, it, it's just not there, James. It's just not there for a running back today that you're going to get any sort of real value. Now, with McCaffrey, I think you might have seen the last of the Mohican yeah. deals uh, for a running back. I think you might have seen the last sort of one like that.
2: Now, I think people are undervaluing Camara with what he would probably fetch in a trade with the draft. because I, I remember Jeff and I were talking about this this past Friday when I looked at Twitter. I saw some kind of mock that had uh, Kamara going to the Ravens. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good fit. Like Baltimore could use another really stellar running back. Uh, I mean, with how they run their and what offense, what they get in return? It was a seventh-round pick, oh, Mike. No, I was I just like, like it, no, that ain't happening. <laughs> like, I'm keeping rather him keep that. Him. Yeah, you'd rather keep him than giving up for like a seventh. That's ridiculous.
3: Yeah, and I, I'd understand the Ravens wanting that deal. Yeah, yeah, the Ravens <laughs> would, would
2: love it, but Saints, no, absolutely not.
3: Thanks so much for the call, James. We appreciate it. When we come back, we'll have on with the Scott Sanders, former Major League Baseball pitcher. Covering now the uh, LSU Tigers, his son Cam now with the Chicago Cubs. We'll get a little insights on how Cam's doing out in uh, the minor leagues and how quickly he'll pitch in the majors right after this break here on the Big 870, WWL.
2: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike to take you along with Charlie Long and on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line, former Major League Baseball pitcher. Also uh Nickel State Colonel and uh Pop of uh Cam Sanders, Scott Sanders. Scott, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon.
5: What's up fellas? Thank y'all for having me.
3: Scott, uh, before we get into some LSU and Nickel State stuff, uh ask you about uh uh Cam and how's things going with him.
5: Doing good, he's actually out in Arizona. He actually today and actually might be about right about now, he's gonna have his first live uh bad practice session, you know. Off the off the mound against live hitters, so I know he's been throwing a bunch of bullpens and all that good stuff. So I'm sure he's probably excited to get in there and see some hitters, you know, and hopefully go out there and have a good spring. But he's he's not going what he's healthy and um, he's excited and he's hoping this is going to be his year,
3: Scott. uh when we had on Jay Johnson, he brought up about building depth on this team. And what we saw it, Charlie and I were talking about the depth of the pitching position, that catcher, that sort of thing. And the other thing he brought up was, I want to be able to play, if this becomes a three-to-two game type game, to be able to win those. And if it's a slugfest, to win those too. And I'll be honest with you, Scott, I think he's got that type of team. And we saw it all this past weekend. You know, do you want to play small ball? Okay, I'll I'll do that. You want and look what happened yesterday with, with the hits uh, in that situation. So, man, what he has built, Scott, here is so impressive, uh, especially from a depth standpoint, and to be able to push one another and you get the best out of each player.
5: Yeah, no, I totally agree. He is um, he's done an incredible job at number one recruiting, but he's also done a really good job in the transfer portal. Plugging holes where he needs to plug holes. Um, you know, I think this team, obviously last year's team was, I mean, that was, you know, that was a, a ridiculous team with, with, with two incredible superstars, number one and two in the draft, obviously. You know, this team's not the same. I think this team will probably be a little more grittier. I think they will be deeper on the mound and, and position-wise. I mean, I'll be honest, he's got five guys who can catch at a lot of programs, and he's going to have to play two behind the plate in Malazzo, and, and, and Brady Neal, and Travincy's going to get some run. But I mean, he's got he's got Fry and he's got um, the other uh, Jerry Jones. Those guys are both catchers as well, they, and they won't even sniff behind the play. Like who has five catchers? I mean, some pro teams don't have five good catchers that they can <laughs> run out there, you know. Um, but you know, he's got some guys. Uh, now I think you know, obviously, I, you know, they won four games this this weekend and, and today. I'm sure he wasn't probably totally you know happy with everything went down, but. He's four and zero. They found every. seemed like every game they found a different way to win. And that's Jay Johnson. That's Jay Johnson baseball. How uh, doesn't matter how we do it. Let's just find a way to do it. And at the end, we're going to grind you out. And we're going to have more runs of you when we get that twenty seventh out. If they if they make it nine innings, you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you get a run roll like you saw on Sunday, Scott. I mean, as you said, they show that they can win in multiple ways. The the game against VMI on Sunday, the 27-5 to 5 is incredible. But I'm going to go back to the Saturday game, the game that I was at. I got my first look at Luke Holman, the Alabama transfer that we're all really excited about. He ended up being the Saturday guy after Thatcher Hurd was named the Friday starter. Now, as Jay mentioned multiple times, leading up to the season, uh, a lot of positions would be changed. A lot of roles would be changed throughout the year. Uh, as everything progressed but what you saw from luke holman on, on saturday i mean he got into one you know i guess jam you would say in the fourth inning where he gave up a leadoff double and then a single followed that and then three straight strikeouts but other than that he kept central arkansas off the base pass basically the entire time and he showed why he had such a good whip last year at uh, at alabama i think he had the number two whip in the sec only behind paul Skeens, and i, I think that was on full display uh on saturday
5: yeah, it was funny. I, uh, this morning, I was out at Alex Box and I was talking, chatting with Ben McDonald about about him. And and I said, Ben, I, I, I did. I wasn't at that game, but I did watch it on TV. And I said, Ben, you were here. Obviously, he was announcing the game. I said, his fastball has got so much run on it. I mean, he was throwing some ball in. It, it's not ninety six, ninety seven. It's ninety two, ninety three, touching ninety four, some ninety ones. And guys are, I mean, guys are just swinging right through it. They weren't following off. And 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 you know, obviously, you know. They didn't play SEC quality teams. But these guys that they played this weekend, they can still hit a baseball. They These guys can hit a 92, 93-mile-an-hour fastball that's flat, right? So it's telling me that he got so many swing and misses that his ball's got some extra life to it. It's probably got a little rise, with, with, you know, with what the, the scouts love. But I, I'll be honest, I, I see him probably sticking in that Saturday spot all year. My gut is, uh, I think, Gage jump. You know, he only pitched one inning over the weekend. Um, I think it was Friday night, came in and shoved, you know. But I think they're going to – I think he's going to probably start Thursday for them, not 100% sure, but that's just my gut feel. Um, and I do think that once they ramp him up, you know, he is coming off an off of injury. Obviously, it was cold. He's from, he's from the West Coast. I, I think, you know, Jay is being very smart about it. But I see down the line, once they build him up, I see him being a Friday guy. I see – home and stay Saturday, and I think Stature Hurt will probably move to Sunday. That's just my gut. I could be wrong. Um, you know, obviously Jay Johnson knows his team way better than I do, but I think if they can get Gage Jump built up pitch-wise and health-wise, he's got probably the best stuff on the team, and I think if you asked Jay Johnson, he would tell you that.
2: To your point, Scott, about Holman, that yeah, what we saw from Saturday, he had the high fastball working; they were chasing all over, um, and he just had those hitters uncomfortable at the plate, and that's why he ended up getting ten strikeouts and five and a third innings pitched. And I mean, Holman was a decent strikeout pitcher last year, eighty-seven strikeouts and eighty-one innings pitched, but it wasn't like any kind of crazy numbers like we see from a guy like Paul Skeens, who was just unbelievable. But I want to actually get your thoughts on Gage Jump because I thought that when he came into the ninth inning against VMI, I, I mean. He may have had the best pure stuff of anyone on the team. And that's what Jay Johnson's been talking about when he was recruiting him, coming off of Tommy John surgery at UCLA, comes out in the transfer portal to LSU. And he was saying that this is like the most important recruit that I've gotten from the portal this year. And just what we saw from Jump in the ninth inning, it was kind of a sneak peek. I think they're going to ease him into things. And that's why you didn't see him start this weekend. You instead saw, you know, different guys starting. You haven't seen Jump start a game yet. He may have like that bullpen role for a while, and but I completely agree with you, though, Scott. I think he's got definitely a role on the weekend starting, uh, but later on in the season, maybe.
5: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I do. Like I said, I would be. Um, I don't know for sure, but I, I have a feeling he probably will, he, he may pitch Thursday. Um, I think that's their next game, uh, and I think it'd probably be a two or three inning outing. You know, probably in the range of forty-five to sixty pitches. And I think they'll just slowly but surely build them up. You know, obviously Jay has a plan. One thing about Jay is Jay has a plan for a plan for a plan for a plan, right? He uh, he he's very organized, and he always has his, his eye is still on the big prize uh, at the end of the year. And um, I think he will take his take his time to get jump. Number one, like I said, I'm sure he's waiting for the, the weather's going to be heating up here pretty soon. We all know that. Um, and, and and I'll be honest, it was this weekend was tough on you know. Cam Johnson, who's a young freshman who's, you know, everybody talked about who's got incredible stuff, you know, didn't go out and, you know, I, I felt so bad for the kid. You know, he walked, I think it was six guys in the inning. Um, but his ball moves all over the place. Malazzo, who's a great defensive catcher, boxed like three or four balls that were right down the middle. That just shows you how much this kid's ball, ball moves. He's a big dude. Uh, he'll be fine. He got that first one out the way. It was kind of chilly, you know. Um, but, but I think, you know, they have some pieces that that, um, that, that can really uh, lengthen out teams, and in and, and a three-game series, they can outplay a lot of teams, you know, obviously, I think because of the depth in both, both on the mound and in the dugout.
3: Scott, uh, I'll throw it to you, You alma mater at Nichols State. Uh, you know, now they the preseason pick to be the Southland Conference champs, um, won the series this weekend. And uh, Jacoby Myers back. Bob and I were talking about this. Man, at the end of last season, I was, man, ain't no way Jacoby's kids will be back at Nichols. But he's back at Nichols. Uh, we saw him throw Friday night. Uh, your thoughts on Jacoby uh, as a player and as a pitcher, but also about that Nichols State uh, baseball team because – uh, you know it was I can't say uh rebuild, but it was sort of a reload a little bit uh in certain areas, but man, they got it going down there in Thibodeau.
5: yeah, you know coach Mike Silva was a dear friend of mine. He is very passionate about winning baseball games, and that team they 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 ride his wave, you know what I mean and he and to be honest, he's really good at pushing and pulling you know he he doesn't he doesn't overdo things. When he has to, he he gets on them. But most of the time, he just lets those guys go play baseball. And, uh, you know, Myers Myers is a a stud. You know, obviously some teams came after him, and I'm sure there's some NIL money, you know. Uh, But I'll be honest, you know, I know some people who know his family real real very well. And basically, I don't know for sure, but what I heard, you know, sometimes stories get told. But when people call, they're like, where were you when he was coming out of high school? Because he didn't he, call
3: me. he had zero offers, Nichols.
5: Nichols, Nichols was it. Was it. He, didn't have, he didn't even have a junior college offer. He had nickels or nickels, you know. And uh, so, you know, and, and and you know, I've talked to Mike about it. And I, I told Mike I said, hey, at the end of the day. I mean, I'm not boasting, but, I mean, I was a first-round pick out of Nichols. You can be a first-round pick out of Nichols State. You don't have to go to LSU to be a first-round pick in baseball. Football, you probably do. There probably won't be many football first-round picks out of Nichols State because you don't play the speed of the game, the size of the guys you need. But baseball is so analytic nowadays. They want to see his spin rate. They want to see his stuff. They want to see everything about him. And I really hope that he sticks out for two more years, to be honest. Um, You know, because, number one, he has a lot more moxie this year. You know, last year he, he started feeling himself, but I could tell this year he's he, he's starting to really not not in a bad way, not in a cocky way, but I think he's starting to realize how good he is and how good he can really be. And uh, you know, he had a good outing the other day. I didn't give up a hit. I want right. to say he struck out seven or eight, maybe walked one or two. And same thing, it wasn't it wasn't pitching it wasn't pitching weather. And uh, you know, it's it's not easy to go out and pitch when it's a little chilly, you know, um, just because it's hard to feel that baseball and, and ball runs a little bit more than, than, than normal. But, but no, he's a stud, and I, I'm excited. He's back at Nichols, and I'm excited for what they do. You know, they have to they have to replace Zane Brown and Weston's yeah. center field and right through That's their two big – if they can replace two, two, those two guys, I feel really good about everybody else they have back in the spots. They have, you know, Alvarez was at Southland Conference hitter of the week. He hit two or three home runs, I think, this weekend. Drove in a ton of runs, and, uh, you know, they – they're pitching, you know, They, they uh, they're pitching is solid. He feels good about his depth in his pitching. But the things that Mike's doing is amazing, and I uh, love that dude, man. He's, he's putting Nichols back on the map, which I love to see.
3: Scott, uh, real quick, uh, we've had a um... – couple of texts ask about as a pitcher and dealing with the cold weather. And you know, it was it's warm for a little while, then all of a sudden man, you feel that air, especially Saturday. Man, when you out there in that wind. It wasn't fun, Scott. No, no, uh Charlie he wasn't smart like me. I, I watched the basketball game. Charlie went watch <laughs> the baseball game. Man, you man, that thing cut you in too. A little bit from a pitching standpoint on how that affects you throwing the ball.
5: So Cold weather is bad. Cold weather and wind is worse, right? Because at the end of the day, everybody knows that when you go out in the cold weather and you feel your hands, they become very dry, right? And and so you have to always – that's why pitchers are always licking, always blowing in their hands, because they always want to try to get some type of moisture and some type of heat into their hands – so they can get a little bit better grip on that baseball, right? Because if you don't, that ball basically it feels like you're throwing like an old school aspirin. You know, you know old school aspirin. You know, <laughs> before they put the coating on it, how they have that powdery. That's what it feels like. Obviously, which and when it feels like that, that ball is going to move way more than you want when you throw when you try to throw a fastball. But it's also going to pop out your hand too early when you're trying to throw a breaking ball or a changeup. So it's always it's very it, it it affects people way. More than people the pitcher way more than you think about it, um, but but i 'll be honest, it also does affect the hitters when it 's too cold too, because a lot of guys don 't like hitting when it 's cold, but if you can keep you know, keep that good moisture in your hands you know and, and just lick a ton i 'll be honest, what the guys do is they lick really really hard and they just fake white because they have to keep that much moisture so they can grip that baseball
2: Scott, we had talked to multiple writers heading into the year, and kind of the prevailing thought was that the way that this LSU baseball team gets back to Omaha. And you know, makes another run in a second national championship for Jay Johnson is if the sophomores take that big jump. And I think you saw a little bit of it so far this past weekend. I mean, Jared Jones, with three home runs and four games is outstanding. Brady Neal is a part of that super deep. Uh, catcher room that you were talking about he's going to be a guy that you're going to see starting basically every single game if it's not a catcher then he'll be a dh just because he's that good and he showed it i mean two doubles a grand slam and two runners you know thrown out on the base pass and that went over vmi on sunday that he can do it both ways so and then also paxton Kling was that third guy and the and that didn't have a huge weekend but he still has very high projections this upcoming season so i want to get your thoughts on those sophomores that have made that jump from freshman year to sophomore year and how big they can be for the tigers
5: Yeah, I'll be honest. To me, the key of this group is Paxton Kling. Right, I'm not saying he's Dylan Cruz, but when he came on the campus, they called him a mini Dylan Cruz. That's how good his skills were. He's actually bigger than Dylan Cruz. He's thicker than Dylan Cruz. He runs better than Dylan Cruz. His arm is better than Dylan Cruz, but it just has not translated. You know, last year he right when he started getting going, I think it was against Tulane, he ran into the gap to to grab a ball. I think pulled a hamstring or something, right? And he was never right after that. The rest of the season, but he's the guy to me. It, it, he's got to he's got to take his game to the next level and become that next first round pick out of LSU, right? Um, Brady Neal, stud, love his swing, can can throw you out, can block a baseball. I think he's going to be the, the 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 main catcher this year. Obviously, Malazo's the captain. He's going to have to get some time like that just because he is the team captain. Um, you know. And then, and then Jared Jones, I mean, the dude has got some serious pop. I mean, he reminds me of, uh, of many uh, Aaron Judge. You know, that's the type of body he has. I mean, I, I'm a big dude. And when I stand next to him, I feel like I'm not that big, you know. And, um, <laughs> you know, his power is there. His power is there. I, I, you know, and obviously he had 14, I think, home runs last year, 15 home runs as a freshman. And that, and then that, that towards the end, he didn't play much, you know, because that's when right. Stravinsky got hot and took his spot. But swing is the key to this team. Obviously, the other guy I want to do talk about is Stephen Milam, Milam, the the little second baseman, who I knew was a stud and I knew wasn't going to start the first game because Pearson, obviously what he did last year in in Omaha. um, But he's going to be a key, too, because I think he can be that leadoff guy. He's a switch hitter, plays a really solid defense. Show he's a shortstop by trade in high school, best shortstop coming out of New Mexico. Um, But he can be a guy that if he can set the table – You know, um, I I think it would be great. You know, the crazy thing is we haven't even mentioned Tommy White yet. Yeah, Yeah, right. That's what I was going (laughs) to say.
3: Where's Tommy White in the conversation?
5: (laughs) You know, and and so I'll be honest. You know, Tommy White is coming off of uh, basically taking the fall off, Um, did get some at-bats in the spring. So I think he's going to be a little bit behind. To me, I watched him this weekend. He didn't look like Tommy White of last year, you know. Um, and that that I think he's still not. I mean, obviously he's still. I think he's hitting 333. You know, I mean he still. It, it, he didn't have a bad. He didn't just. He didn't hit a home run this weekend, right? Which we're not used to that. Which is so. Yeah, we are getting kind of you know kind of used to that. But uh, but he, Tommy White's going to be there. I, I do think Jared Jones and I'll be honest. he's he hit 636 on the weekend with with you know on base of 733. He keeps doing that. This team is going to be dangerous with, with the guys they have. That's why. That's why I really think uh, Milam, you know, the second baseman, and Kling. If those two guys can get going, you know, and, and, and we even talk about um, the, uh, the the freshman right fielder um, Jake Brown, who they brought in to be a left-handed pitcher, and I mean, he he only hit six sixty-seven on the weekend, was on base seven 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 fifty. You know, so they they got some depth. Like Pearson has the way to play right now. You know, which is crazy, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's a good problem to
3: have. Yeah, I would rather have that, Scott, than not not have talent. Yeah, my
2: my last one for you, Scott, just today we saw the debut of Kate Anderson, the highly regarded freshman, the number two prospect out of the state of Louisiana in the class of 2023. Uh, you know, when we were talking about when Jay had announced the first two pitchers, Thatcher Heard, and then obviously Luke Coleman for Friday and Saturday, he left Sunday and you know Monday TBD. And when I was trying to project who was going to be pitching on Sunday Monday, a couple of names came up like Griffin Herring and Javen Coleman. And Coleman obviously got the start on Sunday. But Cade Anderson gets the start on Monday to close out the weekend series. And I thought he was pretty good. I want to get your evaluation of him. He got his first win in a Tigers uniform, four innings pitch, three hits allowed, one earned run. Uh, and then six strikeouts it seemed when Cade got ahead of hitters, uh, he was really like he put them away pretty easily, but when he was getting behind, that's when he started to struggle. He had three walks today as well.
5: Yeah, so that's called freshman blues, right? Um, when you're good, you're good and when when you're not you know once again you, know, you take a high school kid who's maybe his biggest game he's pitched in front of is five hundred people, right? You know, even on a bad day at the box is five or six five five or six thousand. Um, but his stuff plays very well. Um, I, I think he'll probably slide into that week, that weekday slot, you know, facing the Nichols, the Magneses, the ULMs, the, that type of, you know, because I think that that's going to probably be a, a nice um, start for him to go out there, pitch in front of some big crowds, pitch against some good teams, right, because Nichols is good. You know, Magneses is good. All these teams, they're going to play, every, all these teams in the state of Louisiana now are good baseball teams. So I think uh, I, I think that's where he's going to fall, but his stuff really plays well. Um, I know they are very high on him, and, and I do see him probably keep, you know, going out your first game and, and, and throwing four innings and, and you know, punching out six. I know we don't want the three walks, but he gave up three hits, right, one earned run. You gave your team a chance to win, and, and you know, in a, in a day where not many runs were scored. So that's a quali- I know it's not a quality start on paper, but in my mind, for a freshman, that's a quality start for him the first time out the gate. Because let me tell you, first time you step on that Alex Box mound coming out of high school, you got some jitters. You, <laughs> yeah. mean, you know, you got some butterflies going around, you know. So, but uh, I, I, have, I have high, high hopes for him, and he is, he's a stud. Scotty,
3: thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Always appreciated. Great stuff as usual, and we'll talk to you pretty soon, brother. Thank you.
5: Sounds good. Thank
3: you guys. Have a great evening. All righty. Scott Sanders, former Major League Baseball pitcher, uh, double digits in the major leagues, and uh, his son Cam now pitching uh, with the Chicago Cubs. And, uh, man, always uh, on top of things at LSU and certainly at Nickel State. Former colonel, and uh, as he told you, former first round pick. How about that? Uh, from Nickel State. We'll be back with triple option right after this break here on the Big 870
6: WWL. After the end of a good fight.
3: We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long, we're joined by Steve Geller. It's a uh, triple option, so Steve, I'll let you
6: go first. Well guys, this morning waking up seeing the social media action going on and right off the bat I see Jimmy Graham announcing his latest intention and he is going to be part of a four-person crew that's going to attempt to break the speed record for rowing across the Arctic Ocean. The Arctic Ocean. Not, mighty, not just a you know, nippy like, over there. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, too. It's like it's not even an easy feat to pull this off. You're pushing it right away until something that is so extreme. He's going to serve as the cruise navigator, and he's going to be on the, uh, nav- uh, the expedition with a former Navy SEAL. Uh, and there's a husband and wife team that also rode for the U.S. national team. And then... <coughs> Boom, Jimmy Graham has played tight end. I don't know how that fits in for the rowing experience, but he's going to be busy training for that, so I wonder. Got some long arms. He can hit that paddle <laughs> that pretty good with it. How much does this signify, though, that you are kind of done with football? I think, and,
3: he's, I think he's done.
6: And I know that post recently, when uh, right after the season, he had that, po- uh, that photo from the airplane. He posted on Instagram and said, you know, basically, I love you New Orleans. It felt like a goodbye at that point from yeah, him. I think so. Uh so just interested to see what happens with him but man, uh they're going to have to work on this this canoe or whatever you want to call it this ve- this vessel they're going to be in. Dye, his legs fit in there. 2 hours uh <laughs> working 2 hour non shifts. Uh it's 9 meters long the the vessel and the expedition currently unsupported meaning they're going to pack all their own food and equipment aboard. So you're not going to land anywhere, get off sleep and, and eat. That's, everything's going to be on the, the vessel with them. So you're not going to be able to stop at McDonald's or Papa's <laughs> or nothing like that along the way, right? No, and they're supposedly only going to sleep like a maximum of 90 minutes at a time. It's going to be like two people out, okay, two I, people out. I can off. grant
3: that because, uh, man, that happens with me sometimes. I hate to see it as
2: I get older. It sort of happens like that. Charlie. All right, guys, I'm going to go with Hayden Travinsky, the name that we didn't mention. <laughs> we mentioned a ton of names when we were talking to Scott Sanders. But Hayden Travinsky in his opening weekend, the senior, was outstanding, guys. In those four games, get this: 8 of 14, he hit 571, 5 RBI, 9 runs scored in four games, guys. <laughs> and he reached base 13 times because he also had three walks and two hit by pitch. So, yeah, it was a pretty good weekend at the office, where I'd say for uh, Hayden Travinsky, starting off where he left off this past season, the senior catcher, part of that incredible room that we had talked about earlier, Mike, with Brady Neal and Alex Malazzo, plus, you know, Ethan Fry and Jared Jones, who can also catch. Jay Johnson's kind of an embarrassment of riches at the catcher position, and Hayden Travinsky is among the top. (laughs) Like
3: Scott Sanders was saying, man, they got Major League Baseball teams that don't have five catchers that
2: can actually play. Yeah, I mean, he when you think about it, earns the first week co SEC player of the week from uh, from the conference, and he tied with Slate Alford of Georgia. So Slate must wow. have had a pretty good weekend given yeah. how uh, how well Hayden played in his opening weekend.
3: Guys, I'm interested in what's going to happen. Saints offensive line, I've talked about it. It's the biggest area of concern for me uh, on this football team. It was last year and the year before, and it is again this year. But with John Benton coming in and Rick Dennison, they're tight players. Okay. Who do they want? Now, Can you know, because of contract, Eric McCoy is going to be your center. And they re-signed Cesar Ruiz to an extension right before the start of last season. So, you know, those two guys are set in place. I don't know about – I'm hopeful with Ryan Ramchek with his health, but I can't really tell you. And he seemed to really be struggling with, with the knee issues. and And so we'll see how that – but on the left side, what happens there, and what type players they want? I thought Andrus Peak did a good job filling in at that left tackle position. I think what the opinion of Benton and Dennison is going to come into play here on the type players they want up front. Because okay, you're not bringing me in, and I don't have no say on the players. Come on, that that's not going to happen. You're going to have some say. On the type of football player that you want to build your offensive line, I don't, if it's a veteran player, if it's in the draft, whatever, you're gonna have to have some say, and it's certainly gonna be different from Doug Marone. That's just the way I look at it. He's gonna be a different type player than the type of player Doug Marone wanted.
6: Well, they definitely have a project to work with in Trevor Penning because we haven't. So they got team- two. We haven't seen anything out of well, him. Again, and
3: Nick Saul no, can okay, come in. Okay, he was a tackle at Old Dominion. They kicked him inside. I know Jim Nagy always told me, Mike, I think his best position is center. <laughs> okay, well, he's not going to beat out McCoy. right? So really he's going to have to kick into that guard spot. He got hurt real early last year. We hardly saw anything uh, of Devere. So you got two guys now. You're developing. Projects. Yeah, Projects. The honeydew list, as the wife would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, with Trevor Pinning, Nick Saldaveri. I'm intrigued on the type of player Benton and Dennison want because it's going to be different from Marone, and they're going to want to run and be a more physical team they're old running style. the football. Old school football.
6: Yeah. So For you sure. think someone like a James Hurst might end up – Finding work elsewhere? elsewhere do you think, man? I keep back? James Hurst. Okay, because I know one
3: thing: he can play four to five positions. He can play right tackle, left tackle, left guard, right available. guard, and you know what? Offensive line play they get hurt more than any other group. You better have some depth there because we saw some dramatic drop-off uh, when you had some injuries. We'll be back to finish it up here in our number two of Sports Talk right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL. We're finishing up here in our number two of Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike tell you along with Steve Geller, Charlie Long. Guys, we didn't talk a lot about it, but, man, LSU upset South Carolina Saturday, 63-62. And we had seen them drop so many of these close games throughout the year. And it was, I had to look at my phone twice, okay, because I'm at the Nichols-McNeese game. Uh, and I'm like, oh, you got to be Is kidding the me. Right they score? won? <laughs> they actually won that game? Because when I left, South Carolina was up, I think he was either 8 or 9 at that point.
2: They had a 16-point lead
3: yeah, uh, in, it was the, a big in lead. the second half.
2: They led by 41-25, to 25, and then LSU made that run.
6: Yeah, come 7 o'clock, we'll get to hear Coach McMahon gloat about that a whole lot. the Man, he ought to be,
2: because as many times
3: as they've dropped one, man, to to get that one over South Carolina, who is a really good basketball team. Big win for Matt McMahon. And again, 7 o'clock right here on the Big 870. We'll
1: be back with more sports talk right after this news break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.